Well, hello there, and welcome to the first episode of this podcast that I have been saying I was going to produce for a while now. Uh, it has been officially named Test Talks and Sometimes Listens, which was only one of my ideas, but an Instagram poll told me that that's what it should be named. So that's where we are. Uh, it is a show where we talk about life. And I don't really want to be more specific than that because I think it's going to take its own shape and I am just one piece of it. I say we because this will never just be me. I'm going to have a different guest uh, every time that this airs, which, by the way, is going to be every other week. Uh, So twice a month, you're going to get some goodies dropped in your inbox and it will be me having a life chat with a close friend of mine. And I just don't know how else to sum it up. So without further ado, welcome and thank you for being here at the Test Talks and Sometimes Listens podcast. My guest today is one of the most creative and hardworking people that I know. He is a master of dedication and self-discipline. He is a celebrated local musician and writer. He is also the very first friend that I ever made. He is my big brother, Adam Baird. Adam, hello and welcome. Oh, hello, sister. This is, uh, this is <laughs> exciting. Thanks for, thanks for having me here. Thank you for being here. Um, and actually, uh, if you're listening to this, the little guitar riff that you just heard as an introduction, that was Adam playing. And this is my not-so-subtle way of asking him yeah, she, she didn't tell me I was doing that, but I've known her long enough to kind of assume that that's what I was going to end up doing. So, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, what, what else am I doing right now, right? Like, <laughs> I, can, I can make that happen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Sure. <laughs> um, I actually, when I was thinking about how I wanted to introduce you, I had to work really hard to not use the word talented. I really, because... I really appreciate that. <laughs> Because I know that you you have some beef with that word. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us about that? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not it's not that I don't believe that some people have a natural inclination towards things. I just think that the word talent gets really over applied. You know, I, I think it stops people from enjoying or pursuing things that they would really enjoy and could do a really good job with because they think they're quote unquote not talented enough. Um, I mean, yeah. Ma- so you see it as like a limiting, like if if someone is not being encouraged with that word, they're going to use that as a limiting belief to what they can do. Yeah, and I and I just I just don't I don't buy that. I don't agree with that. I mean, you, yeah, some people may say that like, okay, yeah, maybe I have a better like pitch sensitivity, or maybe I can recall musical fragments more easily in my brain for whatever reason. But that is such a tiny, tiny version. Or, or factor in what has made me be able to play music because I've, I've spent 23 out of the last 27 years practicing music like every single day and listening to it and obsessively taking it apart. Like there's not, that that's where the real like work comes from. That's where the real muscle comes from. So even if there's like a little 10% starting bonus or something for any individual person, like talent doesn't really, doesn't really matter um right uh, in in like the grand scheme of things right like it's it's the difference between like an a minus and an a plus not the difference between like a failing grade and an a and i think that's how a lot of people tend to view that and and, and that no, that makes like... me sad you know that feels that feels like missed opportunity to me that people deprive themselves of something just because they think they're not going to be the a plusingest in the world at it therefore they totally suck and could never improve you know right it's like either black or white um, no, I like the, I like the A plus, A minus, um, metaphor because, so I, I'm happy to hear you explain it that way because I have had it in my head that you do not think that it exists. <laughs> and I yeah. think, I think that I could make a case that if I spent 23 years playing guitar and practicing guitar every day and had like the same amount of time invested and dedication invested as you do, that we would still be different guitar players. Sure. And that is like, to me, that's what that talent word means. 
experience is like the the quote unquote it factor, mm-hmm. um, which I do believe you have, but I tried not to say at the beginning <laughs> of this because I didn't want to offend you. Well, no, I, I appreciate I appreciate that too. But even if I mean the way you phrased that was correct, right? Like you you would be a different guitarist, right? There would be no way of comparing us or measuring us because you would play the way that you play and I would play the way that I play. Um, And the only way you could say whether it was good or bad is whether you accepted one of those things as the absolute standard and then compared the other thing to it, right? And that's Uh, that's never, that's not how art works. It's not how art works. works. Yeah, it's just not, that's not... that's just not how it is. It's easy to get like stuck there because we really like numbers. We really like comparing ourselves to, to other people, you know, like as a, you know, yeah, as like a sense of wanting to feel accepted or belonging. And it's like a survival scavenging mechanism too, right? I don't really know how that translates to like obsessing over the fact that somebody else has 100 more Instagram followers than you. But like that's how our brain <laughs> short circuits, right? Um, yeah. So I just, that that's kind of my, that's my spiel on that word basically is is just i i think that it limits people and and so that's why i, I try to avoid it but thank you for saying that i'm so hard working and, and dedicated and all that stuff i mean i you know well, i try i try no you are i mean i think like it's one of <laughs> one of the things that's brilliant about you and it's also one of the reasons why you are undeniably psychotic <laughs> oh most certainly most certainly and, um, and i can say that because i'm your sister and you have to live with me well because you know that it's true you you've <laughs> seen it well no you really like you have a discipline that i don't know if i've ever seen in another person and and you definitely are good at channeling it and directing it in the appropriate ways into your music into your work into your art um but like you can also sometimes you're just like I'm just not eating sugar and you don't eat sugar for like eight <laughs> months and you're just like able to do that like the, the self control is yeah that's that's a whole thing that I just don't understand. Uh, I mean you know it's it's not really self control it's not it's not so much like oh I just decide that I'm not gonna do it and then and then I just period don't do it it's it's more maybe I I expect things of myself. You know, I, I do I do believe in myself. I, I'm proud of the things that I've made and continue to make. So uh, because I have that kind of confidence, I guess, it, it just makes it easier to say, uh, yeah, I can, I want to be better. And so I want to hold myself to this standard. Um, and I guess when it's like my reputation on the line, even, even to myself, especially to myself, honestly, sometimes I'll do things that I won't tell people that I'm doing them because I don't want to get, I don't want to like, get the satisfaction from them right it's more like an internal thing of like right if you have like the external pressure that sometimes can can ruin it you know that or 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 make you feel like you're doing more than you are or make you feel like really overly accountable to it um versus if it's just like me comparing myself to me uh that that makes it way easier like the thing i've been doing lately is because of the whole pandemic thing and everybody being all shut in yeah, i've that, um, that little thing that little thing whatever that little tiny microbe um mm-hmm. we uh or i've gotten really into cooking which i've just never done before i've always really struggled to like feed myself and make sure that i prioritize that appropriately just because i didn't enjoy okay. it um mm-hmm. and so i've gotten really really into it i've i've gotten frankly very good at it um but but, but part of what i've been doing with that like one of my daily checklist items is uh, just called new food, um, which just means I have to try something new every day, and um, you know, tr- day. trying to you know just some new combination. It can literally just be putting rosemary in the oatmeal, right? Or you know trying uh, like a, like steaming the chicken oh, like, instead like of roasting the chicken, right? Yeah, counts. yeah, just little little permutations and things. Uh, so it's achievable, right? It's easy, but I haven't really okay. told anyone that I'm doing that besides you know you and and now all these people listening. Um, you know, <laughs> because, be, well, because it's not, it's not about like, I don't need other people to like know at this point, like I'm just satisfied right. to be doing it. And that just, that habit kind of moves me along and, and moves me forward. Just makes it easier to, to make that well, happen, and it's I guess. Not, it's not necessarily a big deal ticket item that, right. you know, your career is on the line with or anything. Oh like, yeah. It's, but but maybe because you do implement like these little uh, creative challenges for yourself that when it does come time to pursue something bigger, like you already have the, I don't know, like the mechanics of that habit down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then and then it's easier for you to do the big stuff i guess i mean yeah that that is that is definitely part of it is kind of keeping up that momentum and especially in this situation you know keeping up momentum has been been super super hard i think for, for everybody so that's been that's been a focus of mine a priority of mine and, and sometimes it totally doesn't work and i just get real stuck and real entrenched i just came off of this last week like like my my biggest health struggle that i've, I've always just consistently had over my entire life is my sleep mm -hmm. my sleep schedule like mm, it's just that's such a tough tough aspect of health yeah it's 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 bad it's real bad um you know, it, it probably started when I just like would play video games in high school until like two in the morning because that's when I could fit in the time, right? Mm -hmm. Or just like laying in bed, texting, staring at a screen for hours and hours. I used to stay up yeah. and read, well, but and that doesn't keep you up the same way. We are kind of the first, yeah, we're kind of the first generation that is like growing up with that struggle. I mean, I, I often wish that I was just a few years older than I am, like yeah. so that I, I, like, it would be so great if we didn't get cell phones until college, you I know? know. I know. Like that would have changed so so many things um, about <laughs> about pre college era. Oh, ab absolutely right. We're doing enough comparison and self analysis and deprecation and worrying if you fit in without without sticking the phone in your face all the time. But yeah, I got a cell phone at, at thirteen, and e mm -hmm. you know that was just texting, and it was still yeah. I mean, I don't know how I did that for just hours. I would just sit there and do nothing but text. And now now as you know. I, it takes me days to respond to like <laughs> one simple question, you know, because I just don't care anymore. Like I don't care. I just want to yeah. do things that are they're actually tangible, that are actually happening in front of me, right? Um, so, yeah. so you know, it, and, and that's just that's just kind of where I fall with it. I know everybody has a different relationship with it and is at a, a different point, and it, it does allow for connection, right? We're we're doing this whole conversation over a phone right now, so it's not like they're right. not like they're bad. Right, uh, but no, but, what's... but they're supposed to be like a tool that actually is in benefit of our human connection and relationships and closeness, and we have sort of blindly followed it into this other realm where it's actually taking that away from us. Right, because because we haven't moderated it, right? Because we just right. sort of assumed that well, you know, more is always better, right? Uh, and that's that's sort of the Netflix binge watching philosophy that was so exciting when it first came out, and now is just like exhausting in itself uh, because it turns it's true. Out it that's feels not like, and it, it feels like um, I know you don't watch that much TV, but but I do. So <laughs> as as an expert on Netflix binge watching, um, I can tell you that it used to be more fun. Yeah, like it now, did. No, it did. It yeah, it almost like it almost feels like a chore yeah now because now it's, it's like, just oh, six seasons of shit that you have yes. to get through right yes um, and it's like oh season four of big mouth just came out on netflix and i only have two days to watch it before everyone's gonna start talking about it so now i guess i gotta make time for this like what the hell is that like it should be yep. something that's fun that i enjoy that's like veg out time which i think is a very important sacred practice um yeah and it, and it, yeah, it's turned into an obligation because that's because you want to keep up culture. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, because yeah. you're, you're afraid of, of missing out. And the problem is when we consume things in that way, you know, uh, not out of, I enjoy this, but out of, I will be shunned or I'll be missing something if I don't do this. Right. You're, you're operating from a place of, of fear. And that's just not a good way for your brain to take in oh. information. You know, that, that's, I, I remember, um, this is relevant to the sleep thing. Uh, that so you know this was I guess pre-screen sort of in the midst of me ruining my sleep schedule that way. But the the seventh Harry Potter book came out right and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you I, I know this yeah no I know yeah so right so you you go to the library you do like the midnight release thing for the book not for the movie for the book right and <laughs> your mom and I would always have races to see who could read through them faster right. Yeah, um, but they would all, just by the way, like they, you guys would only get one book. Oh yeah, we only have would one be copy. Like you're stealing the one copy back and forth. Yeah. It's not like you each get a copy and you're racing to see who's finished. Oh no, no, there's there's like a, there's a very physical component. This is to an this. aggressive, yeah. an aggressive reading. Yeah, and race. <laughs> yeah, and you know I always enjoyed that. Like you know that that was fun, right? Because it gave you know it was something to like get excited about and talk about, and you know it's fun to try to beat your parents at stuff, right? That's why I'd always play racquetball with dad. I still I, I beat him like thirty percent of the time still, which is which is nice. nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I read through I totally full on binged the the seventh Harry Potter book 
read mm-hmm. like the first half of it until 6 a.m., fell asleep, mom grabbed the book and finished it while I slept. So I lost that battle. Um, but the, <laughs> so insane. I know. But then the, I you know, woke up, took the book back and finished it myself. I was like, cool. I read the seventh Harry Potter book. Uh, and then I, you know, several years like, later, did you like it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I like, I thought I read the book. Right. But then I went to go see the movie, however many years later. And, yeah. you know, I, I knew the main shape like, of I it. Right. Who died. Yeah. I, I had the sketch, but like, uh, but I didn't enjoy that book at all. Like, I, like I didn't savor it. Right. And it's not that it wasn't, a, it was a great story. It was an amazing conclusion, all that stuff. But because I was rushing, I like, mm. I like my goal was only to finish the thing, not to actually experience it. I like basically I missed out on that entire experience and then didn't even realize it until years later. Right. Um, I guess wow. I, I have now, I have not gone back and actually reread the series. Um, I've been meaning to what? do it. I, well, I know, but I've been doing so much other reading right now. Like, I just, I just haven't got to it. Um, That's fair. Uh, and and so, uh, it's kind of nice that I have the seventh book to still look forward to. It's like, oh, great. Um, oh yeah, that is that is a nice treat. See, so uh, we are just absolutely opposite types of readers. Oh sure. Um, you were like, you can read a book in a day, and get through it really quickly and so therefore you've read hundreds of books whereas I've read like maybe 50 books in my entire <laughs> in my like entire life um which I'm working on I am to actually today I, I have one more chapter in my book right now and this is going to be my seventh book that I've finished um since August Damn, so nice work. yeah no I I've read more in the last few months than I have like in my adult life it's really pathetic but I'm I'm well, I but, shouldn't say but that about see, myself because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it's doing progress, it. right? Exactly. And and you're learning um, to enjoy it. You didn't enjoy it before, so like, there's no reason to berate yourself right. for that. Well, experience. and the, the only reason that I'm able to read now is I'm I'm not reading. I'm listening. I'm doing mm-hmm. audiobooks, mm-hmm. and I'm like just a scatterbrained, crazy person. And so I never just I, well, I shouldn't say never. Once in a while, when it's really good, I just sit there and listen to my audiobook. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I'm doing dishes or folding laundry or driving or what like. Yeah. And I have my audiobook on, um, and that's how I'm able to get through them. But what I was going to say uh, is that you and I are very opposite style readers, whereas you have the speed, but I have the retention. Like, it took oh, yeah. me probably two full weeks of reading all day, every day to finish the seventh Harry Potter book when I was, <laughs> I think I read it my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Um, but you experienced the like, story. Yes, yes, but I can still, I mean, and I, I actually, I don't think that I've reread that book. I, I think that was the only time that I've read that book. And I can still tell you, like, pretty much scene for scene mm-hmm. what's going on. Because I, I, because I read so slow and sort of compulsively where I read the same sentence seven times before I can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I I definitely savored it. Right. <laughs> it was, yeah. So so you do have that to look forward to. That is kind of a nice. <laughs> Nice treat. Well, that, that it is nice that that's out there, but but that you know that speaks to an important point, right? About uh, this whole comparison mentality, right? Yeah, like you you started that off with, the, and you walked it back, but you started that with the premise of like Adam reads way more, therefore that's better, right? Therefore he's better. Yeah, right. It's true. And, and, and that's that's absolutely not the case, right? Because yeah, like you just pointed out, I read crazy fast, but I am you know because of that, I am not detail oriented in my reading. Right. Like I, I, I like to absorb the, the shape of the thing, like the sketch, like very, very much like impressionistic style, whatever. Sure. I do not get hung up on the, oh, like this, this character said exactly this at this particular time. And that line was just so great, you know, or, oh, this, this uh, keyboard player played this specific little thing. And if they don't play it that way, when I see it live, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. Like I don't, mm. I don't do it that way at all. I am so impressionistic with like, I just want the feeling, like the emotional sense of it. Uh, okay. But but my head for quotation, like, is just just not even not even there. Everything I do is referential and and um, sketch like, because because I don't have much of an interest in uh, preserving the thing exactly the way it is because I just don't have that, frankly. Um, Fair. Versus you, you have a very strong compendium of knowledge that you can pull from because of your understanding of those fundamentals, you know, and, and that's something that, with some exceptions, I don't really have in my media, right? Um, and, that, and that provides you a, a huge advantage in, in some situations and contexts that, 
I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have access to. So that's well, and that's that's exactly how we started this conversation. Is everybody's art is different? You know, mm-hmm. my reading is different than your reading. Just like my guitar playing would be different than your guitar playing. Yes. Um, just like my podcast is different than your podcast. That's true. That's true. Would you Would I, you like to tell the <laughs> listeners about your that, podcast? That was smooth. I'll give you that. That was very nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I I also there's a podcast coming out because. Who's not making a podcast these days? Um, but actually, this is this is a project I've been working on with my engineering friend, uh, studio buddy Max Nordby. Uh, he's a musician, guitarist. Uh, you know, he he kind of does everything. So we've had a lot of fun making this thing over the last two years, and then COVID kind of derailed it, and we finally got it like back on track and finished all the editing and stuff. So season one's coming out, uh, I believe, in in a week or so. I mean, by the time uh, you listener are hearing this, it's probably already out. Um, it's called Emotion in Sound, and the idea is to be examining um, one emotion per episode as how, uh, how it applies to music. And so we, we, we look through different, different ways, you know, different things that that means to people, right? Like, what, what does devotion mean in a musical context? And we interview different musicians, uh, different uh, studio engineers, professionals, touring people, uh, and then we even bring in some interesting things to like spice that up, right? We speak to educators for the devotion episode specifically. We uh, we talked to the guy who officiated my wedding, uh, who is a bass player as well as a reverend, and so <laughs> he was a shoe in for for devotion. We got to kind of talk Aww. to him. That's Derek Brower. He's awesome. Derek. Uh, we love Derek. Yeah, he's great. So uh, so you know that was that was kind of a fun experience to get to put things together like that. There's there's ten episodes that are forthcoming, and uh, that's been so, that's been an exciting thing. So emotion uh, and sound. Emotion and sound. That's a, a beautiful concept and just ties in so perfectly. <laughs> of course, of course, you recorded an entire season of a podcast over two years and edited it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like sat down, called you, and I was like, oh, I don't think I have headphones. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know what's, you know what's really ironic is your podcast is going to come out before mine. <laughs> well, okay, so that... That is something that we were saying before we hit record is what, like starting before you feel re- like if you wait mm-hmm. till you feel completely ready to start a project, your project's basically never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know that sounds really morbid, but no, it's very true. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago and I was like, I'm going to put out my podcast in December because I had been talking about it. I had been thinking about it. I have a lot of ideas about it, but I still want to give it like the freedom to kind of take its own shape. So I, I don't know. I'm walking a weird line with it right now where I don't, I still don't really know exactly what I want this to be. Just that I want to be talking to people who have like fun things to offer of which I know you are one. Mm. Um, and the, that's all I had. And it was like, well, if you don't just do it, then it's going to stay there in that abstract, like creative big picture kind of side of things, which is a great, great inspiring place. And it's where everything that I've ever done that I'm proud of has started. But pulling something from that like abstract realm into like the concrete detailed reality is really a difficult difficult transition well there's there's no way around that process right you have to just get in and start making stuff yeah there's no there's no amount of planning that can take care of executing for you yes which is why like deadlines are such an important they're a very important part of productivity and even if they're not like just self-imposed deadlines that's Mm -hmm. something that you're really good about like i know um when we went on our trip with dad at the beginning of October, like you had a very serious deadline for a project that you wanted to finish before we left on that trip. And you were up like really late the night before you were like, yeah, like I'm just tired. (laughs) I I finished, I finished my project because it was my deadline, but it wasn't even, it wasn't like you had to submit it to something. It was nobody had that expectation on you except for you having it on yourself, which I think is very impressive. Um, but it, it is definitely a tool, especially if you know that you are kind of a more like abstract creative thinker, hmm. giving yourself a deadline. is like, okay, I got to do it, I guess. Right. I mean, yeah, if you, if, if you don't, otherwise, I mean, you'll just obsess otherwise, right? You'll just yeah. keep polishing it and it won't, it won't really matter. Like you, you need, 
it, you need a way to get it out. Like get it out, look at it, fix the little things that bother you, and then just move on, right? Because yeah. nothing's ever perfect. It would be incredibly boring if it was. So yes. you know that's that's kind of a nice thing. And yeah, I I try to I just really try to keep the hammer down on on that because. I mean, yeah, I am. I am perfectionistic. I, I, most people are, uh, especially now, because we're all so afraid that if we do one wrong thing, the entire internet will just start screaming at us until we die, oh, right? Which is, I mean, that's a scary thing, right? Public shame has always been a way to, you know, motivate and promote um, conformity and, and, and yeah. you know, get people to hunker down and be their smallest selves, right? Um, Being you know, your that's, smallest a, selves, that's a horrifying and very accurate description of what happened. Well, yeah, and you know, it's a very puritanical kind of approach to, to controlling people to try to influence them, right? Um, yeah. And, and that, <laughs> you know, you thought that was kind of scary before, especially, you know, if you know, different religions have used ideas of, you know, a vengeful God or things like that to, to try sure. to give you that. And that, you know, that's terrifying, especially if you tell that to like an eight-year-old, right? Like that, that will mess with you. But yeah, the, well, and that, and it makes you operate from a place of fear, which you mm -hmm. had already mentioned earlier is never the way to go. No, no, it's 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 really not. And so, you know, that concept is terrifying enough. But then you expose it to, well, okay, it's not like some intangible force that might come haunt you after you die. No, it's physical, real people who are all present who might turn the entire world on you and start screaming at you, right? Mm -hmm. Because you used the wrong word when you meant something else and everybody ran right. away with that and took it out of context and it turned it into you know and that doesn't happen to most people but we see it happen all the time see, right and yeah, so that's I mean, really really scary yeah basically every public fig figure has endured some sort of like slip up with political correctness or something that has more often than not snowballed into this big like, oh, we need to boycott this person or, like, cancel culture right. and all of this stuff. And it's, like, it's horrifying. Well, it is um, because, you know, and, and usually, like, that just ends up making – because then they go out and try to address it, and then they just make the problem worse because now people are just mad and looking for a reason to be mad. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, one off-color or just poorly thought-out thing turns into, like, career records. And that's, yeah. um, that's a really scary thing because it's not empathetic. It's not understanding, right? Like that is a really perfectionistic thing that we as a society are imposing on people that you need to always speak perfectly. You can never have one oh. toe out of line. You can you can never fuck up, basically. Like that's the message God. that we send to people and that's that's, that's really horrible that we do that so to people. Because who can well, do that? Well, who can no. meet that standard? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody can meet that standard. And that uh that is why I that is why I called you a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when I had had a little run-in with shame myself and then decided to write a story about it mm -hmm. um, and just be honest about it because being, being human and being empathetic and being compassionate is, is what I always want to encourage and I am not 100% like, I, I do not follow that 100%. Like, there are Instagram pictures where I'm like, oh, wait, let me take my shoes off. It'll make a better picture, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I don't know. It's, it's a weird line because it, it's okay to want to create what you want to create and have standards for it, but not at the cost of, of being dishonest or of buying into the societal, like, shame culture. Right. Yeah, that doesn't do anybody any good because if you're doing that, you're you're not even really making very genuine stuff, which is what you know, right. what which is what people need, especially now. You know, um, if, if it just ends up feeling like you're doing stuff because you're afraid of doing anything else, like people can smell that, they feel it, and that makes them feel scared and you know, repressed. It's like, oh man, even even the artists can't can't bring themselves to go out on a limb and, and try something, right? Which, by the way, everybody's an artist, right? You know, that's the other thing. That's that's kind of this whole talent oh. thing that bothers me, right? I Is the idea that. that some people are and some people aren't. It's like, no, if you take a picture, you're an artist. Like, if you've used your phone, you're an artist. Like, if you <laughs> use words, right? Like, like words are an abstract, yeah. artistic means of expression, right? Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's not possible to not be that. 
right? But but the this idea, this this sh this shaming sort of comparative element, right? That that so pervades everything makes people think that oh, they just identify by all the things that they're not, rather than by the things that you know that they like or that they maybe want to try. You know, that's that's prohibitive and 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 really scary. You know, and then it, well, it drives. And yeah, I also think like just the way that people choose to identify themselves, like there, there's kind of a problem there right off the bat. Like when you meet someone, the, one of the very first questions or one of the first exchanges that you have with this person is, oh, what do you do for a living? Right. And yes. that goes back and forth. And then you're like, oh, okay, so now I can pick up this person, this infinitely complicated human being and place them into the box of fifth grade teacher and pigeonhole them there and that's what they are and then later when they invite me to their slam poetry event i'm gonna be like what the hell yeah oh yeah and and if i do go to that poetry <laughs> event and i get a chance to talk to them afterwards after they do this whole amazing thing and express themselves artistically and do all this cool stuff that i never would have imagined that they could do when i see them and we talk about the show the next thing i'm gonna say is and how's teaching how are your fifth grade kids yeah. Right, yeah. I'm gonna stick that label onto them immediately because yeah, it's like how, wait, okay, so I just experienced this amazing thing, but it was outside of the pre-constructed box that I had you in. So mm -hmm. let me just figure out how to tie it, tie it in there. Let me connect the two of them because my brain needs to put you like needs to label you with something. Oh yeah, but well, it, it makes me very happy that you you're identifying this because I have an entire uh, entire long. Uh, well, not long, but there's this little there's this <laughs> excerpt in uh, in the book that I just finished that is uh, that I, that I'm writing, not that I'm reading. Um, but uh, th there's there's an excerpt in there that talks about exactly this thing, right? This identifying with your job, right? How it's the first thing that you talk about yes. with people, even though mm -hmm. it's usually not the thing you're most passionate about. I oh mean, my gosh. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes you can get lucky in that regard. But even then, like it kind of it kind of bothers me when people are like, "Oh, he's the guitarist or he's the musician." And it's like, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, thank you. I, I work hard on that. But like, I don't know. I'm a norm. I'm I'm a person. I do a lot of things. Like, yes, every person does a lot of things. That's what a person is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that that for the listener, by the way, that is uh, the project that I referenced earlier. When um, oh, that's what made that was the project that Adam gave himself the deadline of, where he was up late finishing his book because he's a badass. Um, which I still am yet to read, but you know. But it's it's done. It's done now. So yeah, oh, now. Well, then send it to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can do that. Uh, yeah, I was doing a final voiceover like read through today just to make sure that it's got the got the right vibe. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much there. Really quite excited Good. about that too. Lots of creative stuff happening well, because yes, what else is yes. there to do? Oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true. And and um, I do I do want to leave room too for you to like talk about your book if you would like to share anything about it. Um, if you're at that point where you're able to do that yet. Um, sure. But just I just to wrap up what we were saying about uh, putting people in boxes and job titles. Oh yeah. Um, how how do you think you would describe yourself without using like the words musician or writer or like how, how who is Adam without the professional titles? Yeah, uh, probably a uh, you know a listener, a listener and a collector uh, and an empathizer. You know, oh, uh, yes. Those those agreed. Yeah, those are like you know I I like to I, I collect emotions. Uh, sometimes unwillingly, I don't always yeah. have control over it. Extreme but extreme empathy, uh, you know. But 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 that's that, that's kind of what I do, and that, and that's that's the way it all it comes out of me. Whether that is writing or music, or you know, whether I'm just cooking for somebody that I really care about, and I want to make them feel loved, or you know, just give <laughs> give the people in my house a little bit of variety from the fact that we can't really go to restaurants and stuff. You know, yeah. like those are all expressions of 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 love and trying to kind of fill a need or identifying a, a feeling kind of a current in in the room or in society and and just trying to explore it and and maybe hold it up for people and say like hey is this is this what you meant because this is what it looks like to me and I was just curious that's you know the general consensus or not oh I love that it's like you you are a listener and a creative like you kind of absorb what's going on from what you're directly told and from what you subconsciously or indirectly pick up on. Oh, yeah. And then you interpret it in your own creative way and then mirror it, reflect it back to the people that showed it to you. And it's like, hey, 
I hear you. And the way I'm showing you that is I put rosemary in your oatmeal. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Which is delicious, by the way, especially with blueberries and a little agave syrup with some salt. That's the way to do it. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you, you just sold me on that one. That sounds nice. You know, but that, yeah, that, that is a... Uh, that is kind of just how it works, right? There is no, there is no creativity without input, right? Input is the fuel for that. The creativity is just, you know, uh, that uh, people just see the output, they just see the result, and they assume that that came from nowhere. Like, no, that came from right. everywhere. Like, it can't. How else would you, how else would you make it? it right. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, how, what was your inspiration behind writing that song? You're like, hmm. well, I didn't just dream all of the lyrics perfectly. It didn't just happen no it's, no my sometimes inspiration it... is the fact that i'm a person and mm -hmm. i'm walking around in this like beautiful and messy and horrifying and glorious life yes. <laughs> there's a lot of inspiration that's a, that's a very that's a very good way to to yeah to put that all together so you know anyway yeah your your surroundings are, are certainly certainly your your influence so that's and that's that's where the this book has come from. Good. I I haven't even I haven't told you like anything about it, right? No, Good. you haven't. Yeah, no, please. I, it, well, please share because, with no, me. No, because I like us. being secretive about it until it's like ready. Now it's ready. Yes. So, uh, but Yay. yeah, you're talking about your you know your environment and the way it influences you and surrounds you. Um, yeah, it, the the book is called The Optimist's Apocalypse, and you know, <laughs> Optimist Apocalypse. Yeah. So it's just and, and it's about. Um, it's about what a person goes through as they're trying to deal with the apocalypse and the post-apocalypse, and uh, it's a it's a self-help book that's written to help people survive that. Um, oh uh, my gosh, you are the person to write that book. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. You, you were the person. Yeah, that and that's that. and that's why I've been excited about it. Is it's 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 very um, it's very. I'm very happy with it, and it's got some illustrations in it by my wonderful wife, who is a Yay. illustrator and a muralist. So uh, those are yeah. Someday, super someday cool I'll that. I'll be able to uh, snag an hour of her time for yeah. this podcast. She she well. she would love to do that. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'd so, love to have so, her. so anyway, that's that's been a fun um, a fun work in progress type thing. I've been I've been you know I've been I believe the genre is um, upmarket new adult fictional self help. Um, the comparison is probably uh, if you. Um, I guess it would be Douglas Adams if he were trapped in an underground bunker with Cormac McCarthy and Tony Robbins. Oh my God! <laughs> Not that he's thought about that at all. Oh no, I think about it exclusively. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, the only reason I do anything is because it's fun to market them. Um, you know, fair enough. Bring fun things to people. Like, hey, do you think about this? So uh, anyway, that's that's been a fun that's been a fun random pursuit as a way to to fill some extra time because. Oh. Holy crap! There's nothing else to do, and that's been there's been so very difficult. Uh, much time. There's so much time. So actually, um, we only have like a few more minutes before we should maybe wrap this up. Sure. But I do want to talk about um, I do want to talk about your sobriety. Oh yeah, which has been. Uh, I am so glad I'm not drinking right now. During oh, pandemic. God. Yeah, I yeah. really worry about what that's probably been like for a lot of people. Well. <laughs> What it's been like for me well, is yeah. <laughs> has not, not been great. Um, there's been a lot of booze in my life since the beginning of the pandemic and, and before, before the pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I called you two weeks ago when I was so unbelievably hungover on my way to work at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a way to do it, man. I profusely vomited all over myself and my car while I was driving. Um, it's like the reverse like five airbag. minutes away from work. Oh my god! Ew, ew. <laughs> um, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And you know, I called out of work. Like I obviously couldn't go. I was dressed in my own vomit and uh, called out of work. Went home and like took a shower, cleaned my car, and then called you. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I think I'm drinking too much. Like. <laughs> I mean, I have always drank a lot. Like, that is not a secret. Um, but it has never... It was scary to me because my, like, my hmm, relationship with alcohol has never directly affected my ability to live up to, like, my professional commitments. Mm -hmm. I have never, like, had to call out of work. I've never, like... I, it's never bothered my... Like, I always felt I was in control of it because it was just something that I was doing recreationally in my free time. Right. But when it, like, the, the script got flipped that day, because it was like, oh, actually, this has control over you, because because as a direct result of 
you drinking too much wine while you were on the phone last night, you're, you can't go to work now, yep. you know? Yep. Um, and so that was when I was like, okay, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, and this is, this is day 14 of sobriety for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea whether or not that's going to continue. It's, it's just an indefinite break yep. for the moment. Um, to like give myself a, a real hard check on that part of my life. Um, but something, so I brought this up because we were talking about how there's so much time. And oh my God, Adam, when you're sober, there's so much time oh, in the yeah. day. Yeah, it's like I there know. are 24 hours and you have to be like awake and sober and pre- well, not awake, but like here, like yeah. present, like yeah. really present in your body for all of these hours. And you have to fill them with something. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have like a kid to take care of no. or like, you know, like there, it's just me. There's so much freaking time in my life now I in know. the last two weeks since I haven't been drinking. <laughs> so I don't know. It's been it's, it's been, been a very long two weeks. It's, <laughs> this has been like a year and a half for you. Yeah, it's but well, I think it's um you're coming up on your second anniversary of sobriety. Yeah, or on, honestly, any day now. I think I think it will be in like six six days. Uh, I think in six well, days I'll be I'll be two years sober. Um, I mean not sober. I, I I will I will admit I do I like drugs, but um you know but <laughs> so but I alcohol free right two years yeah because al- alcohol I like have an actual addiction to specifically beer um. And, and and yeah, I just don't have control over it. You know, same kind of like functional alcoholism that 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 you yeah. you seem to be navigating throughout your life. Yeah. Like yeah, it was the same thing for me. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, been been sober uh, in that way for for a while now, and that's um, really nice, honestly. Good, good. I mean, I I know that it's been a whole journey for you, and I'm I also I, I know and I have seen that it has been a really rewarding journey. Yeah. Um, but you it, you got like this uh, pre-pandemic uh, period of time mm-hmm. where you were sober and yep. like sober and just being yourself. You're not a parent or anything, so you like you could just do your own thing. And you were filling all of those hours in the day, and yes. then like the pandemic hit and the quarantine hit. And you were like everybody's guru on like how to spend <laughs> their time because they're just like, what do I do? Yeah. And you're like, I got this. Like you do puzzles and you read and you clean and you like mm-hmm. you know how to fill your time yeah. with activities that are beneficial or entertaining or whatever creative. But yeah, they don't even have to be like beneficial, but they're not detrimental. Right. They just have to be, you know, things that keep you moving forward, things that you are excited about, things that kind of build skills slowly over time that you 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 like or, or that you're probably going to need or something you know just that kind of stuff I, I got very lucky because yeah I've, I've been doing the the you know quote-unquote professional musician thing for like three years now mm-hmm. a little bit longer and uh yeah that requires you to really really figure out what the hell you're doing with your time and if I'm being honest I really didn't figure it out until the pandemic hit <laughs> because you know well, but you had all of that practice time. well and that that's what was <laughs> nice about I mean yeah I you know I spent like a year and a half just like sitting around drinking like you know, not making good decisions basically like not using my yeah. time effectively feeling horrible like just wearing a bathrobe like half the days because I didn't know what else to do like yeah, and then yeah. you then you feel bad and you can't tackle anything. Like it, you know, that sucks. Like that's a thing that people don't talk about when you're self-employed in pretty much any sense, right? Uh, yeah, music is especially weird because the career path is just so ill-defined and wiggly. Um, the sense of direction is 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 very much lacking. So you have to always make your own. You have to constantly be bringing yourself to that, um, which is which is hard. Uh, and so that's yeah, yeah. That took that you know, and that's probably what made my drinking come to a head. Honestly, is is that. I really had to face it. I wasn't in like a social situation. I worked in advertising, so like drinking was mm-hmm. definitely a whole part of that. So it seemed kind of oh, yeah. normal, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I like going to shows and I like hanging out with friends and I like making music and beer is like a part of music, you know? Yeah, beer, so it's, beer and band practice. Right, like, it's just everywhere, right? It's just suffused yeah. throughout your life and societally kind of accepted. And then when I realized how much I was just drinking alone, for no reason, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden it's just like, oh, oh, this is, this is really bad. I started having these weird, like if I drank too much, I would start just like bending over and just screaming, like, because I would just, oh lo- I would God. just lose control of like my, my emotions basically. And all this like existential nihilistic, whatever would rush in. 
Um, oh. and, and I would be unable to control it. Sometimes I'd just be doing it like in the passenger seat of the car while we're like driving home from a holiday party. And my, like Julie, my wife was just like, you know, really scared oh. and just like trying to get oh. us home because like, what the hell is going on? Right. That's, that's, yeah. that's not like a fun thing to be going through, especially when it turns out it's happening because of an external thing. It's like, yes. Oh, yes. well, I guess I could just not put that thing in me mm -hmm. and, and, and that, that might solve it. And I was kind mm -hmm. of floored by how much it solved it. You know, I, I don't want to say that fixed everything. You know, I, I still struggle with time management and everything, you know, it, it, the stuff that everybody struggles with, right? Because well, that's yeah. just that's just what it means to be a person. Uh, right. But I have a much better handle on it now. Uh, you know, I, I do not miss hangovers. God, I like hangovers are the oh, worst. And I just, I don't feel that way ever anymore. And it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 are the worst. Yeah, I feel proud. I feel proud of myself most of the time. I'm never worried about what I said to somebody, you know, because I'm always there sure. for it. You know, I'm, I'm not worried yeah. about making a decision that I don't agree with because I'm like not in my own head. And it's like, no, no, I, I'm here. I'm making decisions. That that feels really good. Um, You're in control. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like I said, drugs can kind of help you step out of that sometimes temporarily, go into a different space. I think that's really important too. I don't think it's about controlling everything all the time, but. I just think it's about being intentional and just sort of enjoying it, right? And yeah. I wasn't enjoying drinking. I was just kind of a slave right. to it, right? It was just something right. I did. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. that was uh, particularly unenjoyable. And, I mean, yeah. the, and the, the reason you I took so long to give it up was I was afraid of what I'd be missing, right? Um, I, I, thought, mm. I thought that I wouldn't be able to uh, hang out at parties, you know, I, I was afraid that people wouldn't want to, like, catch up with me because we couldn't go, quote, unquote, get beers somewhere, right? right. Um, that I would never be able to be vulnerable with anybody, that I wouldn't be able to play music nearly as well, right? Has, it, any, has any of that held up, uh, any, of that, in, any of those fears? Interestingly, the exact opposite of all those things has happened. Mm. Um, I am way better at parties now. I, like, I can go to parties and just really enjoy myself, float around, like introduce myself to people, like not worry about any of that stuff. You know, I, I can have much more like uh, intimate conversations with people because I'm more intentional, I'm more present, I'm more focused, you know? My, my brain is not like saturated with this weird feeling that makes me think like I'm doing better, but actually I'm just relaxing, but I'm actually, I'm, but I'm performing worse, right? Right, and, and, right. And my music is, it's that's been the crazy thing is, uh, you think you play better when you're drinking. That's why people like it. Um, but if you actually record yourself or listen to yourself, you're not. You don't. You really don't. Sure. I mean, you you, well, you mean, let go just, a as little. As far as like physiologically, yeah. like you're not gonna have um, fine motor your, control. The dexterity in your fingers or your your fine motor skills aren't gonna be like as as ready, which is a lot of what you do. Yes, yes, they're <laughs> so, kind, they're kind of necessary. Part. I sort of need those things, you know, yeah. and, and, and so it, you know, it gives, they call it liquid courage, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, it lowers your inhibitions, but that's not actually courage. You know, that lowers the bar. You're not overcoming anything. You're making yourself feel less afraid is not the same thing as courage. Like courage <laughs> right. is having that fear and doing the thing and doing anyway. it. Right. Yeah. And, and and that's that's the thing I want to cultivate. That's how I want to feel. You know, oh, yeah. I don't want to have to hide from the world and and need a substance in order just to just to get through it and, and feel like I'm OK like that. Right. That sounds horrible to me, and it has been horrible for me when I've experienced it. So, uh, yeah, honestly, it's I, you know I thought it would be kind of a lot harder to to stop, and and I realized that for a lot of people, um, you know, quitting alcohol or, or any substance, you know, the cold turkey thing doesn't work, um, and and that's you know everyone kind of needs to come to their everyone own decision their own, and, yes. and everyone explore things that journey. work for them for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but Absolutely. like you've been saying through this, just because I have experience, you know, making changes, uh, trying to stick to things, being consistent about that kind of behavior, um, it was much easier for me to just stop entirely than to try to like wean yeah. off and cut back, because then I would just yeah. cut back and then just make it up as soon as. Like I won't drink this week, so I'll drink twice as much next week. You know, yeah, like, that that's does not, never. That does that's not totally not the answer. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, that's the, yeah, that was that was kind of my whole experience with the whole thing. And yeah, honestly, I'm so so glad I I went through that and kind of understood it about myself uh, before the pandemic because like yeah. I don't know if I would have survived this otherwise. Honestly, like uh, um, you know, drinking when you're bored, real easy thing oh to do. Gosh. It's it's an e it's easy and it's dangerous and it's destructive and 
I have done it many times and I probably will do it many more times if I'm just being honest, but (laughs) knowing maybe (laughs) knowing and talking about it is is probably a good step. At least I like to think. Yeah. Well, 100%. Um, Yeah. I think that we have a lot of stigmas um, with substance abuse uh, and in particular alcoholism where, where you don't, you never hear about it until it gets really, really bad. Right. Like, you know, your friend is like, oh, I actually can't go out. I got a DUI, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and it's like, right. oh, my God. Like, like, I didn't realize that you were drinking that much. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you call an Uber? Like, what's going on? And it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. Can you connect all the dots? And you're like, maybe they were drunk all the time. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is, you know, they've been eligible for many DUIs but only got caught once, right. you know? And you do, um, you do that math in your head where you're like, no, you can't be an alcoholic because I was just out drinking with you the other day and we drank the same amount, so you yeah. can't be. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's totally. this weird backwards trickery, right? Totally. Um, and then it's like, wait, if you are, then am I? No, no, like, no. Let's that not comparison. entertain that. That's not going to well, you know. <laughs> the, the, the constant comparison <laughs> and the, yeah, quantifying everything. and and but But you hardly ever realize that someone has an issue or could have an issue with that until it's like really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I mean, I, when I remember in particular one time I was in a show where like the whole, everyone had to sit down and, and our director had to read us a whole apology statement and, and tell us that he was an alcoholic and he had been drunk the whole time. And you know, wow. this person was like directing me. And I, I mean, I had absolutely no idea that any of this was going on. Um, and that's when you hear about it. 99.9% of the time is when it gets to that point. And it's like, you know what? I would rather just be honest about the fact that I think I might be struggling with being addicted to alcohol. And I have every excuse going for me because mm-hmm. I am a 25-year-old person. I do not have any real responsibilities right now. <laughs> it feels like the end of the world. Yeah. And we're in this endless quarantine. And mm-hmm. there is every excuse that I can just drink every day if I want to. For but sure. I would rather like just be honest about it and like try to try to do some reflection and um, talk about it and and calm it down now instead of like hiding it and then I don't want to be that person that's reading an apology statement or getting a DUI when nobody else knew that I might have had a problem or have a problem. Right. Yeah. That's a bad time to find out about things is when something terrible has already happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you can prevent it if you are honest and empathetic and compassionate. Yeah. Which we have, that has kind of been the underlying theme of what we've been talking about. And it's not something we're encouraged to do to right. ourselves or to each other. Well, right it, now. it's, it's so often perceived, upsetting. it's perceived as a moral failing. If you, if you're, if you abuse substances in any way, if you can't control yourself, if you live in this society yeah. where alcohol is like, you know, sort of saturates pretty much everything and we have advertisements constantly screaming at you, telling you that the only way to have a good time, the only way to get hot chicks, the only way to have a good life mm-hmm. is to buy really expensive whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we, then we turn around and say, and if you believe any of that and if you fall for any of that, it's your fault and you're, you're sick and broken. Oh my you know, God, like that's, so true. that's, that's exactly what we're doing to people. That's a cruel thing. And then, and then we struggle because we're feeling, we're feeling shamed and we're feeling repressed and we're feeling like we're not enough. And so turning to some kind of escapism, right. Well, you know, that, that, that can be alcohol, that can be porn, that can be video games, you know, it, it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can even be like healthy stuff. Oh, like for sure. Some people are addicted to running. Some mm-hmm. people are addicted to yoga. Like if you're using it to escape what's going on in your life, instead of being present and feeling your feelings and dealing with them then yeah. it's a bad thing yeah and that you know that's that's a hard thing to do because the world has gotten very hard even though we live quote unquote cushy lives right you know we, yeah. we we at least you and i have access to like a lot of food we have shelter yeah. we you know we have these things where it's like well we don't have problems i have a very comfortable couch you know and it's like <laughs> right. well that's not really where the war is being fought anymore you will always have problems you always have problems and right. even if you can masterfully get through every single problem that you're facing now in your life, more of them are going to come after that. Like <laughs> this is part of life. Yes. Like nobody, nobody has a hundred percent of their stuff together a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Well, you know, but that's, we just got to make stuff anyway. That's what this podcast is, is, is just we making stuff, make anyway. stuff anyway. Well, we're just making stuff. <laughs> um, let me wrap up with, I, I have one just final question sure. for you. Um, and it is, I, I'm looking for hopefully like a small, concrete action item as an answer. Cool. If you think you can provide that for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's, do you have a tip 
or a trick that listeners can use every day to feel more comfortable and more capable managing just this <laughs> life, mm-hmm. daily stress, Yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, drink a glass of water. Drink a glass of water. I mean, I, like I know, I, <laughs> I know that's that's a brilliant. That's response. the dumbest, like simplest thing. It's not dumb. But it's it's so important. And honestly, if you just make that, like I, the the larger lesson in that is achievable goals, like momentum, like the things that allow you to feel rooted and like you have a routine. For some people, that's making their bed. You know, for for me, it's it's playing guitar. You know, at least most days. Mm-hmm. Some days I have to take a break, but. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, for, for anyone, like it, it just needs to be a small thing that you can feel good about. And if you can do that, and especially if you can start your day with it, like that's, that's the most helpful thing. Yeah. Just, it's just like drink you, a glass you, you of water. It's so easy. Yes. You can accomplish something right away. Wake up, drink a glass of water. Yeah. And that gives You're, you I mean, structure, you know, that sets you off kind of on, on at least the right foot. And then maybe you feel good enough that, well, okay, I'll do this one thing. And then, and then maybe that. Maybe that makes a big difference. Like I said, I've been I've been enjoying this new food challenge, right? Just like a little thing, just requires a little mental stretching. Uh, nothing crazy, you know. It's nothing goes wrong if I don't do it, right? right. Don't put pressure on it. It's just right. it's just nice to have something that you can achieve. Um, and I think that structure, goals. yeah. If you do that, you can start adding more and more things to it. Like I said, my to do list has like twenty five dailies on it now, and I oh I usually only do <laughs> like you know sixty to eighty percent of them. Uh, but even just well, having that structure is really, really, really helpful. I'm doing way yeah. more now than I was when I was just, you know, sitting around unemployed trying to play guitar drunk in my bathrobe. You know, Oof. like that, yeah. that's yeah. just. If you're getting 20 productive things out of a list of 25 done, even if they're small things like drink a glass of water. It feels then good. Then that is not like, it's not like, oh, I failed because I didn't check off everything on my list. It's like, oh, look, I won. Yeah. This many times because I did this many things. Look at all the stuff I did, right? You yeah. know that that's tremendously helpful. So, yeah, the larger thing it. there, momentum. Give yourself goals that you can meet, um, not not ridiculous things. Don't hold off your value until you achieve that crazy three-year plan or whatever. Like you, you, right. you need to feel valuable now, if only for the sake of it's the only way you're going to get anything else done. Yeah, so, yeah. You no, know. I think that's that's excellent. Thank you for that. And thank you for this. I, I just appreciate you. I'm so I'm so lucky that you were the person that I got to, I got to grow up with, and um, now I get to be in an adult friendship with, I which know. is like That's a, cool a totally concept. new cool bonus that I never. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like oh yeah, my brother is growing up, and now it's like oh yeah, I have friends, and they can't leave. I know they're just they're just <laughs> they're stapled to you forever. You guys have to hang yeah. out with me. Like usually you have like your your childhood friends and then like your college friends and then you like your mm-hmm. adult friends but no like siblings siblings are just they're just right there so i'm I'm, right I'm really there. really glad that, that mine are mine are okay uh, <laughs> yeah no I, I i love you very much thank you for uh, uh thank you for making this making this happen I love just chatting. you too. <laughs> uh, for those of you for those of you listening and wondering i i do find it incredibly entertaining that both tess and i have abandoned our last names effectively. Oh yeah, neither we didn't of even us, talk about Neither that. of us have the family name, the given name, which is Williams. Uh, yes. our, our brother has that still. Um, but uh, S and I have both changed ours we've, for- We've both changed our names for, for creative reasons. Creative persona type, you know. You've, you've, done, our, it, you've done it legally. I just do I it, you know, legally. like, I, like the, my, my business name is, um, is under that, but, you know, legally I'm still Adam Williams. Um, but, you know, I, I respond to Baird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adam Baird and Tess Victoria, born, born uh, Adam and Tess Williams. Of the Williams family. Of the, Will- yes, yes, Adam Baird and Tess Victoria of the Williams family. That's, yeah, that is funny. We, we were going to talk about that. We didn't even bring it up, but now, now there we you did. go. It's taken care of. <laughs> One more daily. Check it off. Yay, I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And um, I'm sure that someday down the road, I'm going to ask you to do this again. Oh, sure. I know we, we could we could make our own podcast. Mm-hmm. We could make 60 episodes of our own we'll, podcast. We'll have, not, we'll have plenty of this. Not worry yeah. about it. Worried. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Love you very much, Tess. We'll talk to you <laughs> love soon. Love you too. Bye.
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode, the first episode of my podcast. Um, I feel 100% different than I did an hour ago when I, like, very nervously choked choked out an introduction to this. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of incredible because that's what we're doing here is we're showing up, we're making things, um, and being honest about humanity and our human experience. So... Uh, that's what happened today. Um, please check out Adam's podcast when it comes out and maybe eventually his book. Hopefully I'll get to read it soon. I'll have to bother him about that some more, but thank you for being here and I will catch up with you soon.